Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture. Joining me as always is the wonderful Tom Roberts Finn and joining us this week again, who because she's wonderful, is the lovely Ellie Little Child and the man, the myth, the beard. Chris Thompson is here with us this week. Hello everyone, family reunion. Hello. Hello. So much energy. First thing, all? you need to tell people this is first thing on a Monday morning. Yeah, I've, I've not even had a third of my coffee yet. But what counts as first thing, though? Because is it really first thing? Anything first thing before the crack of noon. Yeah. <laughs> Anything before the crack of four. Um, <laughs> yes, we 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 are we are recording at amorphous time on Monday morning. Early for some, late for others. Um, but but we're here. The whole family is together, or at least the whole presenting family. We love you, writers and editors. Please don't think we're forgetting you. Um, uh, because we have to talk about some Goran stuff. Star Trek Godzilla returns. Yes, uh, we are. We are going through a, the season finale of Strange New Worlds, which is a, right. Okay, so I've been pronouncing it hegemony, which I have learned is the American pronunciation, but apparently hegemony is how it is pronounced in UK, Ireland. Hello from Ireland. So I've been going to get very wrong, and things like Australia and New Zealand, because it was a lovely Australian man who taught me that. So, um, thanks, Sals, if I've been butchering the word. No, I'm, I'm very I'm... grateful because I did not know how to say it, and I was making, I was thinking, I don't want to say the name of the episode because I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to the episode where we finally get aluminum in the title, so we can <laughs> call it aluminium on ups and downs. I'm, I'm so for that, and you know, kind of like transparent uh, uh, aluminium. I was uh, literally muscle memory. I was going to say because al- I say aluminium, yeah. uh, and muscle memory is going to be like. Uh, Aluminum. God, each, oh, now I'm just confused. Why would you introduce that so early on a Monday, yeah. Chris? Why, why, why well, would you do that? Aluminum sounds to me like something to do with like lights or something. Lumen. You know, yeah. Lum- yeah. Lumos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, folks, top line thoughts. Season finale, Strange New Worlds. We will go, as I see the video at the moment, we'll go from left to right. So, Tom. I liked it. Um... Good <gasps> Lord. I know. I've seen so it's always the mixed bag ones that I find I'm either like really for or really against. But I, I I did have a good time. And if anyone's listened to previous episodes, a good mark for a Star Trek episode for me is if I fall asleep during it and I fell asleep during this episode. So I had to wake up and watch the rest of it the next morning. It's guys how accurate that is. Like, I mean, when you said it the first time, I was like, is this just a nice way of giving shade to an episode? <laughs> oh no, oh no, he legitimately means it. No, oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. I really do because it's so comforting for me. Even this episode where some some very horrific stuff is going on, I'm just like, ah. So um, yeah, no, I had a good time. 
It's it's the equivalent of like you know when you're indoors and you're like really warm and cozy because it's like pissing it down outside like it, yeah. it's rain it's raining and you love the sound of rain. It's like you're nice and warm on your sofa and you just love the sound of terror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just sends you to sleep. Well, I used to. You're nice and cozy, like yeah, when I was coming back from college, I would fall asleep on the bus listening to doom metal in my headphones and just like the dun dun dun. dun I'm like, I just. There's certain things that make me drift off for some reason. It's not a perfect episode. Um, there are things that people clearly have some issues with, but I think overall it gave me that Star Trek feeling of there's a problem and we need to fix it. And we, well, we've sort of fixed it. We'll get to that, I suppose. Um, but yeah, good time. What about you guys? I enjoyed it as well. Um, I think we were talking last week about the kind of jumping between the more kind of fun episodes and then the kind of more serious episodes. But I think after what I'd said last week about it maybe giving me a bit of kind of whiplash, I think maybe I've changed my mind a little bit because I really enjoyed the tone of this episode. Um, I mean, it kind of started a little bit lighter very, very briefly. But I, yeah, I think I like the high stakes. I like the action. I mean, for me, that's the kind of thing I enjoy to watch. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did feel a little bit like I was watching Stranger Things for quite some time, <laughs> which I was surprised when I messaged you guys. No one else immediately thought. I well, figured everyone else would think that too. I didn't want to say anything because, as as always, I try and save everything for this podcast. But there was a previous episode where I had Stranger Things vibes. It was the one when I think it was a horror kept envisioning certain things and and oh yeah, Boston yeah, translation. Yeah, yeah, that one also gave me that sort of because Stranger Things says that, like there'll be a character that keeps seeing certain things from the the upside down and stuff. So there's there's lots of crossovers, but I just do think in this streaming world, lots of things kind of feel the same. Um, yeah, I think specifically it was the the Gorn in the way that they were moving in the dark and the way they were moving very much made me think of Demogorgons. The noise they were making sounded identical to the noise that a demogorgon would make and i think just the situation i think that scene where they were kind of on a on a street that was on fire and abandoned it just really made me think of like scenes specifically that i'd seen in stranger things i'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing but i just couldn't get it out of my head while i was watching i'm always scared when aliens do that clicky talk thing yeah like the aliens and signs they always come to mind as well yeah. i thought predator when i was watching it how many episodes did they spend building this up? I, I, off the top of my head, I just remember the first episode, that conversation with April, and they linger on the uh, the screen there, and they mm. said like a gone attack ship. I, I just think that this could have maybe benefited from more setup, more sort of like throwaway scenes with other admirals other than April as well. That was my point. April seems to be the only admiral in the uh, in the quadrant. Oh. Poor old Admiral Cornwell died in uh, yeah. Discovery, so that's it. I mean, they only have the one. Um, <laughs> she had a whole admiralty backing her up, didn't she? When well, she, yeah, she did, up. yeah. yeah. But until half of them got killed by control. I did a bit of a rewatch of season two of Discovery recently. It's really good. I've just been cancelled. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think yeah, if there'd been more maybe of a through line. So I I really enjoyed the episode, but you know, you know, water is wet. But um, I I do think it would have benefited from more of a we're we're kind of racing toward this eventual something's gonna give and as you yeah. say yeah there was just that one scene in episode one in a way it's the bit where the episodic nature sort of didn't yeah. work for setting mm -hmm. this up and again we know how much just... we love the episodic the fact that Strange Worlds is episodic but yeah that's just this one where that didn't do it any favors this season. I mean, of course, I'm direct. I'm drawing direct comparisons from uh, when the Borg arrived. You know, the the, the outposts and the colonies that be destroyed. No one knew what it was. Could, do you reckon they could have like held off on telling us it was the Gorn until like mid season, maybe? Like, there, there's something happening out there. We just don't. We, we just don't know it's the Gorn in the first episode. Um, I no. I the reason I'm going to disagree with that is because I think from the introduction of the Gorn last season. I think mm -hmm. you've had you've had that moment. You already know. Sure. Yeah. So then more moments like that end of end of the episode season one would have benefited I me mean, from anything of just even, oh, we can't go there. It's too near Gorn space or and that's like and there you go. That's your reference for episode four, for example, or um, 
or like well, it makes oh, sense they had the case then on the on the enterprise then but yeah exactly if it's such a big threat 10 yeah. weeks ago yeah yeah i get why they're only breaking it out now because now they're scoring but um yeah it was kind of like really i would have had laan be like a consultant on that right she seems to be mm. the most like that could that could have been what she was doing in her away time. She was like, you know, consulting mm. Starfleet about the Gorn and what sort of weapons you need to make to to fight these people. Like she, I think that she should have been clued up on the on Crate Thirty Two as well. Uh, but overall, I, I really like the episode. But I think I, it could have done with like more build. I think, I, I, but that's probably just because I'm drawing the comparisons with the Borg. Uh, mm. You know, um, yeah. But overall, I did like it. But that, that we're going to go there now. The cliffhanger, guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, I think I think with that, with the cliffhanger, um, there is so the Gorn. It seems are being set up of as the Borg of strange new worlds. So they're they're going to be the the big bad, or at least the scariest bad for a while. Um, and so when you get a to be continued like that, every to be continued since 1990 has drawn at least some comparison with Mister Worf Fire. Um, and you know, some are just like. Oh, it's another to be continued, or it's either as good as there's not many have topped it, but um, or but there'll always be that comparison back to that. But 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 also, and I'm just gonna get this out of the way now because I know what Bear's talking about. 1990, simpler times when it was three months until mm, Best of Both yeah. Worlds Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is gonna be the uh, longest wait for a, a second instalment, isn't it? Yeah, I think so because yeah, e- everything else has been the kind. Well, I suppose you could say. Discovery seasons two and three. Um, that would probably be the closest, like cliffhanger. Yeah. But and back like, then, we we generally thought Picard was up for the chop. Back then, we don't feel that. Yep. For anyone of our main crew, no, I mean, no. we uh, the people that we don't we we know that isn't in the original series. Maybe like Laan and stuff like that. But I think Laan could handle herself against the Gorn. That seems to be her thing. You just really had the Patel stakes, really. Uh, yeah. But that that isn't our main crew. This isn't one of our main actors. The, the 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 one I'm worried about is Ortegas. Yeah. But then the and and here is my cattiest comment, or maybe she'll be fine because they'll forget she's in the episode. <laughs> if if like she dies without having her episode, I swear. To, or if her episode is her is death. death. Episode. Oh, that would we be riot. So that was what, Hemmer's. That was Hemmer's episode, wasn't it? His death. Yeah, episode like that. And going back to Discovery as well. Um, her name escapes me, but uh, the the android. Um, Project oh, Amos yeah. is the episode yeah, but yeah. yeah like we had this whole oh wow this is amazing this is amazing and then she dies so like I mean we're getting a state funeral for this person we met 40 minutes ago in terms of the cliffhanger just in case I don't know if we've specifically said it but like I guess my problem with it is it felt pointless it felt like this, the story of the actual episode was like having its usual beats and mm. then and then I looked at the time and I was like oh there's like two minutes left and now there's a new problem. Is this going to be a cliffhanger? And then it was. I was like, great. Okay. It just felt like it ended without having anything to end on uh, other yeah. than like something like a best of both worlds. And as we said, there's there's lots of cliffhangers that don't really do anything. But but I, I, with these 10 episodes, mm-hmm. just, have a, just have a finish, have an ending to the bloody story. <laughs> That's all I want. And you well, can have I, a cliffhanger and have an ending at the same time, but they didn't mm, do either. Well, um, because I think DS9, I know, I, I mean, like, you know, just, you know, take a shot, Sean's mentioned DS9, <laughs> but uh, they sort of did very well in that having a cliffhanger, but also it ends an overall arc. Yeah. I think they, they, they done, obviously sets up the next one. Oh yeah, well, like you get to about the 40 minute mark and you're like, there's no way they're going to wrap all this up in 13 minutes. Um, so I kind of, for the last, you know, the last few scenes were like, grand, okay, I see, right, we're going to head toward that. But it reminds me of the, um, I think since the episode aired, the the executive producer, I think, came out and said, look, you know, give us the freedom, we'll do 20 episode seasons. Like, I wonder, is this, perhaps it's hard to tell now with the current climate, but was this like a, we know we're going to leave you, you know, unsatisfied slash very excited, Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe next year we'll surprise you with actually there's an episode eleven coming. I don't know. Maybe that's that's. I know that's edging into wishful territory there. Well, oh, I did have that thought. Uh, I did have a thought. Sorry, uh, at the end before that to be continued flashed up and Pike's on the bridge and red alerts going on. Torpedoes coming in. It looks pretty dire, doesn't it? Um, 
but then I sort of like thought, oh, well, we know he's going to be safe, but we don't know that about the people around him. Um, I think Pike's character before the inevitable happens could be served quite well in an instance where he's so sure that he's going to be okay because he knows he knows what his future is, but it cost him somebody stood next to him or or something like it costs him a laan, and that could like really do stuff to the character, It'd go places like and and can inject that sort of like darkness back into it because at the moment it's, it seems to be in a place of acceptance uh, to the point where Boimler yeah. and Mariner brings up oh I think I know what you're talking about don't worry about that I've uh, I've sorted through that mentally that's all good now yeah you know? I think you're right that's definitely an interesting story we've seen him kind of deal with kind of mm-hmm. coping with that idea but yeah it would be very interesting to see almost a darker side to him where he has he's very reckless because he feels yes. like he's immune yeah. Yeah. Know, he's immortal because he knows his future and and getting through a scenario like this to be continued could be that sort of injection of cockiness into him yeah you know, yeah maybe or he's so, so cocky he gets himself killed and he's dying and he's like what have I done? <laughs> this is how I've just done. <laughs> and then we're in a complete alternate reality. Because yeah. <laughs> um, it's 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 interesting. This this is a a point um, I made on the the part of the weekend is that it's another interesting example of you think about think back to last season, quality of mercy, and you get the whole episode, which basically the point of it was, sorry, Pike, you need to end up in the chair because there's some moments in time you're not supposed to be there. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be the person in charge. And I think there's some pretty bloody good acting from Anson Mount in this last scene here because he looks like he genuinely doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got the order, you've got to withdraw, but that means abandoning those people that have been taken by the Gorn. You've got the crew who are going to, you know, they understand following orders, but I mean, they're going to be like, yeah, right. You you followed orders, but you abandoned your own crew. Is he ever going to have their loyalty again or their respect? And you can tell it. He just doesn't know what to do. So I mean, God love the writers. I know, as far as I know, sorry, I say I know. As far as I know, episode one is locked. That that was locked, but not filmed, but written before the strike went in. So I would love to know how they're going to resolve this. And that is for me an an up because. Wrong show, mate. Wrong show. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if they stick the landing, this will be one of the better cliffhangers of Star Trek, in my opinion. In a bit like, you know, how the bloody hell were you ever going to sort out Mr. Warfire? Y- you know, um, like, um, uh, but Picard's on the ship. Uh, you know, you've got half your crew on the ship. You know, some of them are going to get off, but you don't know all of them are going to get off. I loved that just desperation in his face. Because it's that on uncertainty, and and now just parroting what ye said as well, I do feel that be like I'll beam over, I'll be okay, you know, I'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get them out, I'll lead a single handed campaign and get them all out of there, and I I hate to say it, but the character I was thinking that might accidentally get killed would be Una. I don't want mm-hmm. her to be killed. Please don't, please don't get that wrong, but <laughs> that would have shock power, and that will affect Pike. Yeah, that's sort of, and, that, that, that sort of like speaks to Boimler's sort of absolute shock in seeing her then, because not only is it her, is she her, his idol, but she's also like died for her heroic circumstances. So maybe she was right. Do you think he knows something about my future? I mm. we don't. Yeah. yeah, and I also my- feel like throughout the episode, she is one of the characters that you feel like is the most safe, being mm. kind of on the Enterprise as opposed to being down on the planet or, you know, well, you know she makes over- it to the cage. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to a bunch of, because there's so much stuff in this episode. Um, sure. Something, my least favourite thing, actually, that I'll get out of the way quickly is the very beginning. And um, I've all I want in this goddamn program is a strange new world. And instead they gave me a place that's based on the Midwest <laughs> during our time. I was like, great. Why don't you just call it a studio in Los Angeles? Like it was so annoying. I was like, of course it is great. That's interesting to look at, but that's fine. Whatever. Scotty. What do we think about Scotty? Big fans. I, I love think, him. Me I, yeah. 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 I really liked him. I'd had this conversation with my mom where we had discussed, um, Kirk in in Strange New Worlds and 
how we're slightly unsure on the similarities between the Kirk that we know and the Kirk that we're seeing here. Um, I haven't really discussed this with you guys before, but um, it was a discussion we, we, me and my mum were having the other day. But Scotty, I really see the resemblance. I can really see like the Scotty we know in the Scotty we've just been introduced to. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about this and I don't know. I mean, it depends how you look at it, right? You can you can have a character and be like, okay, I want Captain Kirk to feel like Kirk in in TOS, or they can be sort of their own thing, and that's fine as well. But they've got to have a character you can latch onto. And I think because Scotty is such a uh, an easy character to be like, oh, that's Scotty, you know, that he has this accent and he he's he acts like this, and this is how he talks. Like it's so easy to be like, oh, great, this is Scotty. Where Kirk, there's less of that. Um, and, and unless you're doing a William Shatner impression, you've got to find your own thing. So I think that's why when Scotty was in this, I was super happy. And whenever um, I should say J- James T. Kirk is in it, I'm always like, oh, yeah, he's there. But I, I, I don't have that same feeling. It did make me feel slightly excited just to keep seeing um, those characters show up. And then I was like, oh, maybe we can just be done with Strange New Worlds and let's just have TOS but like a new version but I actually don't want that but that's what my brain was saying when I was seeing Sky. I think I just got excited that's kind of the, the the big question down the middle is are we happy to be seeing these legacy characters or should it just be Pike's show it's interesting to see these characters as younger officers I think that's something we haven't really explored much. We've seen them as they're older, as they've appeared in cameo forms and things later on in the later shows, but we've not really explored them before they become the characters that we know. So as long as they don't border too closely on going, pushing aside uh, Pike and, and moving into you know TOS territory, I think it'd be really interesting to explore these characters to see how they become the characters we then know. You know, we were saying about Kirk, maybe there's you know something that happens to him to kind of explain or see him evolve into the character that we're familiar with and to kind of explore those differences now and see how what affects him and changes him to become William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the struggle with new Star Trek at the moment. Well, just in general is do we or do we want to explore new characters or old characters that we only saw once and didn't really have a character, which basically new characters? Do we want to explore those? Or do you want to say Picard, especially Picard season three? Oh, great. It's characters we know, but they're older now. That's fun. What are they going to be like? And then you've got Strange New Worlds. Oh, it's characters we know, but they're younger. What are they going to be like? So it's 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 constantly deciding which one do we actually want. And I think as the devil on the shoulder of this podcast i will take i will go down this route and say i don't want to abandon strange new worlds for these legacy characters but i will if they don't uh do something better i i want to see better exploration of these characters i want to see more characterization i want to see better writing personally that's what is lacking for me and because these characters are so well known it's so easy to latch onto them quickly so I, if i want strange new worlds to pull me away from that and and get me to care about these characters more because at the moment I don't I care about some of them but as a whole I'm not too bothered. I like that they're doing origins, um, especially for characters outside of Kirk, Spock, and Bones, because it was quite rare that you got episodes that belong truly to them, and you had like a healthy amount of backstory and like what they were doing before the Enterprise and that sort of explainer. Uh, explainer. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying this. Like, I, especially when you get actors, the what's the fellow's name who played Scotty? Uh, uh, Martin Quinn. Martin Quinn. Um, yeah, that was a genius casting. I thought, mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, but I know what you mean about like, oh, is there too much TOS in this sort of prequel? Um, we don't know how many five year missions there were uh, prior to Kirk's five year mission. Or how many missions Scotty and that were on? Who knows? So Scott, Scotty's a funny one, right? So uh, there's been a bit of discussion that this Scotty is too young, right? Mm -hmm. That he was serving in Starfleet for about twenty years at this point. Uh Um, Now, I don't, I don't massively mind because if I'm going to nitpick on that, then I'm going to nitpick on Khan in 2023. Then I'm going to nitpick like we've already seen. Look, time moves around. You've got the right players in the right locations maybe just at different times. I did and, a little bit of, now it's a bit of beta, but 
in beta canon, Scotty was serving under Pike and Scotty was very loyal to Pike before Kirk took over. So there was a bit of butting heads until there was like, you know, that one mission where they made friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually fine with this. Like have Scotty there, uh, but keep Peli out for the love of God. If they off Peli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's another character that we haven't really had enough time to explore very deeply. 100%. But and I, I kind of feel like why introduce her? I mean, if you're, if you're not going to do anything with her, I mean, other than the fact that she was kind of kind of important to the time travel storyline she's not really you know if you if you're not going to do anything with her then you might as well have introduced scotty right at the beginning if that was where you were going to go with it all along yes pelia has a lot of influence on the enterprise even before she stepped foot on it if you think about who she's trained up yes. the likes of hammer and like how she's informing characters such as uh yuhura uh and now we know that she's had a, a part in scotty's past as well well what if like you know these the just Pelia alone, like, wasn't a factor until, you know, she decided to go to Earth. And that's, like, affected the timeline as well. Maybe she got instilled her knowledge into Scotty before it should have been. Who knows? What I would love, what I would love now is for Pelia to be a through line. Like, we were obviously talking before about Wesley and Corey possibly yeah. rocking up in Season 5 Discovery. What uh-huh. about Pelia turning up as an instructor at Starfleet Academy? That'd be great. Mm. That would be an interesting way to set up her character to then put her as a a leading force in in an upcoming show. Sure. And also the historian of Star Trek, because what's a thousand years to a lanthanite? Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I've been saying that for years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it tattooed on his tram stamp. (laughs) Um, Should we talk about the Gorn? Probably should. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, What did we think about the Gorn? (laughs) I think, and I say this with actual, like, this is a positive thing. Uh, HR Giger should have a credit in the uh, in, yeah. <laughs> the alien stuff is becoming so like look guys we're doing alien I mean if we can talk about um, Stranger Things again there was a season that I actually gave up on when they were doing Terminator and it was just clearly the Terminator and I was like I get it guys Terminator they're doing that a bit of this but it's fine it's it's fine to establish it in that sort of way you know uh, copy the best sort of thing so but I, I love the design I was worried about what it would look like as an adult but it does it feels like they've it feels similar to the one they did in enterprise but like an updated version of it so it doesn't feel too like separate things well we know this season's played with genre pretty much every episode yeah Yeah, i was Um, gonna say that as well it kind of it's almost like tongue-in-cheek the way that they've they've done these you can't watch it and not draw similarities and i don't think that they're they're oblivious to that they've they've mm-hmm. done it on purpose this is your sci-fi horror this episode yeah yeah um there was a lot of blood we saw the aftermath of the horror it was very gory yeah but we didn't actually see straight on gore like yeah. it actually happened we just saw like you know bits of entrails hanging yeah. 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 Bit, like <laughs> I was yeah. like, last week they were singing, and now there's body parts hanging from the places. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was cool. I like that they went with the like the helmet and everything. I don't know if they're going to stay like that, or because I, I think that helped well, make it a bit less goofy. Yeah, we 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 know that they can survive the vacuum of space. You know, Archer had the environmental controls removed, and then they used the grav plate to. To bring down the Gorn in, in yeah. darkly. Um, I think if you're going, if you're going to like, with Gorns have tails now. You know, if you're going to accept that the Gorns have tails, maybe you mm. can accept that slight little tweak. But um, our colleague over at Cinema Blend just put out an article like ten hours ago. Um, he's been talking to the creator behind this, uh, the new Gorn, um, and they're suggesting that you know, just like the Klingons, we've probably established that there's like subspecies of each. You know, maybe this is like a, a sect of Gorn that didn't dabble in augmentation or something, and which allowed them to be uh, to breathe in the vacuum of space. Nonetheless, that this was a mirror Gorn we're talking about. You know, maybe the Gorn had in the mirror universe had access to technology they don't in the prime universe. Um, there's all these various ways that you can explain away. So, um, like we we downed it um, just because it had been so established. Um, but if we if we if we're okay with like them having tails now, I think we should be all right with them being able to not survive in the vacuum of space. I think that's fair. You're right. Like, yes, hello, I did down it, but mm. um, that is 
that I suppose that's only because the I can't I got a break in my own rules but going, ah, I established continuity. Scotty should have been there for 20 years. Shut up, Sean. <laughs> um, so Ups and I downs love- is very much reaction based though. Uh we we are literally recording it as soon as we're seeing the episode in most situations. Mm. Um yeah. so that's you a know, good we, point as well. Like, we watch yeah. it before the ready room comes out, we have it like films, you know. Um but they have the advantage of like knowing what's in the episode weeks in advance, you know. Um, yeah. 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 It's also like what you like and what you don't. So if you sure. like, if you don't yeah. like that they've done that, then you can be like, don't like it, down. There's also something to be said for, you know, obviously shows evolve with the times because, I mean, you've got to be able to allow for them to update things to fit with the quality that the show is being made now. Because could you imagine if the Gorn turned up and they looked like they did in the original series? You wouldn't be able to take the terror and the threat seriously. You know, you've yeah. got to up the ante with the progression of of television making. Otherwise, you know, you can stick wholly to what you you believe they should look like based on their very first appearance. But that's not going to give you the threat level that you mm. have come to be to to expect in these what- new shows. What I really liked about this episode um, is that in Strange New Worlds, the depiction of the Gorn so far has been more sort of animal and less sort of uh, human. Man in costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it has it, it doesn't have that sort of like human intelligence to it, humanoid intelligence. It had mm-hmm. it's very animal sort of prey, uh, predator and prey sort of uh, mentality. Um, but now what I really liked about seeing this Gorn trying to get into the computer systems, this adult Gorn, is like, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, I can't wait to hopefully one day, and probably wouldn't in Strange New Worlds because of the timeline established in the original series, but I'd really like to see when Gorn start integrating with the Federation and having um, good relations to the point where you can go to a Gorn wedding, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, well, I, I, I look well as, as poor Rutherford learned, you can't. You cannot go <laughs> sure. to a Gorn wedding, yeah. Sure. Um, but Gorn, well, like, I, served in Starfleet, that sort of stuff. I'd love to yeah. see the progression of them, you know, because everyone eventually gets assimilated into Starfleet, don't they? They, they all do eventually, <laughs> even the Romulans, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, you know, st- the, the, the Starfleet collective yeah. resistance is futile. <laughs> I'd yeah. love even to see, the Borg, yeah. actually, sorry. Like, you yeah. know, Borgatti. <laughs> We'll, uh, just wear yeah. them, we'll just wear them down with this diplomacy. Like, just wear them down. <laughs> I'd love to see a Klingon argue with a with a Gorn. Oh, the like, <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. how many? And like, and if and fairness, if the Gorn kills the Klingon, mm. the Klingons would be like, "I like the cut of his jib." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is a good warrior. Gorn Tellerite <laughs> and the Klingon walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, there were no survivors. Yeah. Um, Before we move on. Um, what do we think about this as an ending episode, the last episode of the season, it fitting with the rest of it? Obviously, we're going to talk more about the entire season next episode, but just generally, what did we think about this as the last episode? I liked it. I liked it. And for me, it felt confident. Mm-hmm. To do a to be continued like that, that that takes confidence in not just that you're going to get a season three. We We know that they're getting a season three, but that you know the audience will come back. So I liked that. Yeah, I liked it as well. I think overall it had all the elements that make for a good a good cliffhanger and a good mm. a good final episode. I, I am curious to see like how they do the get out. Like I hope it's not just a the Federation warps in to like save the day. <laughs> yeah. Right like, comes in. Yeah. Like, the amount of people I've seen go oh, Sulu's going to warp in now as the pilot of another ship that comes to save them, is, which I think would be, sorry if this is already written, don't. You've only just given us Scotty. Don't yeah. then give yeah. Sulu. Spread it so. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so episode 10, last episode of the second season of Stranger Worlds. Uh, what did we think? Well, I know what we thought. We just talked about it for half an hour. Um, uh, what are we rating it out of 10? I think I will give it a 7. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. I personally enjoyed the twist of we all knew something was going to happen to Patel, but she doesn't die in this episode. So that I saw that as a twist because I think they set it up that she was going to. A, a throwaway line of dialogue uh, of Spock and Chapel on the Cayuga going, we just don't have time to check for other survivors would have been yeah. good. Because- Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for an opportunity to talk about this because n- nothing came up. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to say this at some point, but no one has given me yeah. a, a leeway <laughs> a right into it. Because... There's, a, there's a short track on uh, in that. In yeah. it. It's just, it's yeah. like some, oh, some... I've just woken up. Why am I falling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did no one think to check for other survivors? And that's before the they plummeted I, it. <laughs> I, I think they absolutely did. And I think there is a tragedy to be explored there. Or, but even as I say, just have chapel someone going you know we can't leave there's no way i'm the only survivor because there is no way she's the only survivor (laughs) you know um so i think there is there's but right so there's things like that there's things like that that i think might have added to to raise the score up a little bit um but again i cannot praise the look of the gorn enough that tale i mean and also i made this point the ups and downs i loved watching Star Trek completes the Alien trilogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Ellie? Yeah. I I think I'd give it a solid 8.5. We're doing points now. Well, I'm doing a point because I think nine's maybe too far, but eight is like, no, I think I gave last week's episode an eight and I do think it was better than last week's episode. So this is where I'm it's going with agent it. Agent of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, for, for us series finale there are certain things that you come to expect and i think it did provide all those things i think the cliffhanger kind of it works because it draws you in it makes you want to keep watching there were a few moments like like sean just said that could have done with just a little just a line or a little bit more exploration but overall i think it was i think it was a pretty solid episode christopher i'm gonna give it a six the reason behind it, um, <laughs> <laughs> you want that as well? Um, <laughs> you can do I, that. I guess I had a better time during the season in the other episodes. Simply put, like I did like the experimentation they had. But this is this is another podcast, this season in review. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I think the annoyance of the to be continued is outweighing the oh how cool it is to have a to be continued again um just because of the time it's got to you you've got to wait for this now it's, it's not going to be like like sean says three months um to the conclusion of mr warfire you know yeah. um this is going to be years <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think optimistically very yeah. optimistically back end of 24 and i mean like november and that's yeah. being optimistic Obviously, we're basing that off that at the time that the episode was was edited and, and ready to be aired, the, this kind of climate that we're in at the moment hadn't really happened yet. So no. I guess maybe to them, they weren't expecting it. So you might look at it differently if you weren't if we weren't in the current situation. Yeah, that wasn't their plan. Yeah, I think I think that's it. It's just like the 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 conclusion of it is an insight. So yeah, I, I guess it was just like. The the end's not in sight. It, it's not it's not forthcoming. Like we knew it was gonna be a couple of months when we could like get the the resolution of best of both worlds. But this is this is actual years now. We're gonna have to wait. So I think, but that's not the fault of the writers. Um, yeah, I think it's just the, the, the fact that the strikes. We're gonna have to wait a, a while for this episode, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's that's tainted it a bit for me. Well, I give it a light seven. Light uh, seven. Yeah, oh, I uh, <laughs> I, I liked the the tension was good. the The writing was pretty good. The Gorn was cool. I liked Scotty. I hated the ending. I hated that it was set in the old Midwest. Um, but other than that, there was a lot to enjoy. And it was like a a good standard episode, which for a season that is sort of so up and down, I guess that's a fine way of ending it. With that said, now let us move on to whatever news we've got this week. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. I have news that I missed in last week's episode, and I will never forgive myself for this one. And I fully expect abuse online for this because the audiobook of A Stitch in Time, written and performed by Andrew Robinson, is available. Um, I've read this book years ago, but I've been waiting like everyone else for the audiobook. Like, Garrick returns. Um, and you know that Garrick is my favorite character. I didn't pick up on August 1st when it was uh, released. So I shall take all of the abuse online for that. I'll just add it to the normal pile of abuse I normally take. So ah, that's amazing. What is the book about? So the book was, so it started as uh, while they were filming DS9, Andy Robinson himself started to keep something of it. It's like a collection of notes, which became his own version of the character Bible. Right. And then so so for the seven years that he was filming it, it was his sort of, you know, his memory alpha, if you like, of the character. He would go back and read, OK, well, what, what was the thought process behind this? Because he would also give backstory for himself to play for the character. When the show then wrapped, he then expanded it into both a sequel and a prequel to DS9. It was the it was the story of Garrick. So because he is still even with, you know, spoiler, no spoiler, even with the story that is given in this, please don't think that you're going to get everything you've ever wanted to know about Garrick. And it's done very, very well because it's Garrick. You will never know everything. Yeah. So so he that and then he got permission to expand that into a published uh, novel. Um and for years, there's been uh, it, it was funny because it became one of the questions that he was just like, it, it, if you were to go on, let's say there is an Andy Robinson.com, frequently asked questions. Number one, yes, I'm working on the audiobook. As in, like that's that's how often he gets asked about or got asked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh so because I at Destination Star Trek 2021 that he was at, I was there queuing up like the little fanboy that I am, and I walked up and I was like, can I ask you a question? And he was just like, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you didn't even, yeah, yeah, you knew exactly what I was going to say. So I know this has been a passion project for him as much as it is for Garrick fans as well. And if you think, like, look at what came out during lockdown, himself and Alexander Sadiq doing the um, Alone Together pod, uh, sort of, uh, what? what you call a podcast audio drama because it's, it's basically youtube drama um that they had a few guest stars on as well and it was bashir and garrick meeting 20 years later uh, and it just you know if you're a diehard fanboy like myself absolutely brilliant um if you're not a diehard fanboy like myself still absolutely brilliant i've literally okay. got all the time in the world for um people that get involved in star trek uh, as actors as writers and but really catching the bug and doing projects themselves afterwards. Um, like, for example, just just how Frakes feels about Star Trek, you know, how the shuttle pod guys feel about Star Trek. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just always here for when actors and stuff like that fly the, the flag for Star Trek and catch the bug to the point where they actually contribute to the fandom in, in ways like this. Uh, really exciting. I'm definitely going to check out that audio uh, book. 
All right, that time has come. We've, we've teased it all season, but we're going to head over to a very particular cargo bay and myself and Tom are going to face off head to head with the adjudicating decisions of Chris and Ellie to see what gets Cargo Bay 101 <laughs> Uh, in this face-off, I am Nicholas Cage, and I have chosen something that I really don't think is going to be sent out into space, but uh, I stand by it. I want to send out Tasha Yar. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. It's Whoa. about time, I think, um... someone said it. <laughs> explain, explain. Yeah. I've never liked Tasha Yar. I've always thought their character was boring. Uh, I've thought that they were given a horrible backstory that only just made me feel depressed whenever they brought it up. Then they killed her off uh, suddenly by some uh, oil swamp monster. And then they kept bringing her back in various ways. So I have to keep hearing them talk about Tasha Yar and see Tasha Yar. And, oh, look, it's Tasha Yar, but she's got funny ears now. And it's just like, I get it, guys, but because I don't care about her character, it gets on my nerves. And then to top that all off, I have to listen to Sean talk about her in every video. I've got a bloody edit, and I can't be bothered to listen to her anymore. I don't care about Tasha Yar. And welcoming our surprise guest, Denise Crosby. Who... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just kick her out suddenly. <laughs> they did to her. Um... That's not her fault. And you want to you want to put her in the vacuum of space to add to her misery. If she goes into space, then she's never in Star Trek, and I never have to listen to her be talked about ever again. In my head, that means she doesn't exist in the first place, and then we can just have Worf at the beginning standing behind a desk. You just hate women in positions of power. God, yeah, I want Janeway gone. I want. <laughs> You cheered when Admiral Cornwell exploded in <laughs> yeah. uh, Discovery. Yeah. I pointed uh, and clapped. It's not looking good for you, Tom. Sure, yeah. no, I know. Yeah. Well, uh, well um, even I'm going to say I agree. It's not looking good for you, Tom. Because <laughs> what I want to put in is I want to put in the trope of bringing back characters just to kill them. Yeah. So you I can do to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. You can put yesterday's Enterprise in that. Uh, you can put imposters in that. You can put friendship one in that, Lieutenant Carey. Um, you know, and it's it's just this trope of again and again and again to the point where it's just like, oh, we've brought this person back after however many years. I'm like, all right, cool. I wonder how they're going to die. Um, yeah, yeah. Even I agree with you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you very much. I, I it's, it's a bit of a safe one as well. I'm not going to lie. Like. A, <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to bring something a bit spicy. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest offender for that, for me, is the, the Ro Laren appearance from yeah. last season. Yeah. Um, that was so disappointing. I, like, even if, oh, we only had her for, like, the one episode, that's still a down for me. Like, the, she, that the, the actress, uh, Michelle Forbes, didn't want to do more. That's unfortunate. It's still a down. Like, yeah. You know, um, it, it always feels a bit like a, um, a writing cheat of like, oh, well, well, we won't kill off a, a character that's like important to the story, but we'll bring sure. someone back that you like to kill them off because then you'll feel sad. But it doesn't make you feel sad. You're just annoyed. Mm. So I, yeah. I always think it backfires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's not even a character that you're that familiar with. I mean, you just mentioned Friendship One. When we watched that episode, which actually wasn't that long ago, my mom was like, who's that? And I went, do you remember that episode right at the beginning, <laughs> like in season one? And she was like, no. And I was like, look, he's going to die. Let's be honest. We haven't seen him for the entirety of the, the rest of the mm -hmm. seven seasons. He's going to die. And it just felt very pointless. And like, do we care? Not really. <laughs> it's, it, 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 and it is, it's so unfortunate. Like when they brought back Khan in The Wrath of Khan and you knew he was going to die. You know? <laughs> um, but, to be, okay, but to be honest then, Wrath of Khan and actually I'll say yesterday's Enterprise as well is an example of how you do that well. Mm -hmm. um, now I still don't like the trope but I, I do think you know, for your extreme hatred of Tasha Yar um, I do think that yes as Enterprise is a, it's a great because it's kind of an Elseworlds as well so that and it was also redoing the lackluster send-off she had in the first yeah. place mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah. 
so so that's so that's my my cargo bay 101 bringing back characters just to bump them well this is a this is going to be a tense episode of cargo bay 101 guys who do we <laughs> let me just think be? about that for a moment yeah, have a real long think <laughs> maybe we could get tashi yard to push the button yeah <laughs> i'm i'm voting for sean ellie what do you yeah. think yeah I, I yeah. don't think there's really any question about it, really, is there? I think no. the thing with Tasha Yar is that she didn't have enough time for her character to really be developed before they bumped her off. And no. perhaps if they'd given her more time, you I mean, I don't know, maybe you won't, but I think a lot of people yeah. might have felt differently about the character had they seen a bit more exploration and development of the character. But mm. that wasn't that but, didn't happen. But for all that you know, she she had a rough time with Star Trek. I think Denise Crosby is one of those people that caught the bug of yeah. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, th- I get the sense that she is proud of her contributions to Star Trek, um, and she's grateful to be a part of it. I get that from Denise Crosby, and I love it when I get that feeling from actors like they really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what what is given to them and what they can what they can give to people. I I also do find it kind of disappointing that, you know, I mean, I joked about it a minute ago, but having this character introduced right from the beginning, who was, you know, a female security officer Mm -hmm. and it just didn't get given the attention it needed to Mm-hmm. really be that meaningful and then it you kind of said a lot without saying much by killing her off and kind of going now ah, well we tried it it didn't work and i don't i don't think that that was the right move i think that character de- de- deserved um to to prove the point that women can can be strong well i just want you all to know that that next time I am editing that goddamn clip of Tasha being flung across the sand. I'm going to have a tear in my eye thinking about all of you guys making me do it. So thank you. <laughs> As it should be. Now let's <laughs> hit that button. And now we come to the last section of this, which is our Ask Trek Culture section. Tom, has anyone bothered to ask us any questions this week? Yeah, only everyone that listens to the show, apparently. Um, I think people have lots of opinions about this last episode, so there a lot of them are centred around this. Um, there is one that is sort of linked with the whole season that I might save to next uh, episode, so we, will, we shall see. Um but let's start off with someone uh, at Librarian Bert. Great name. Um, great name. Hashtag Ask Trek Culture. Will the victims of this week's episode be gone? Very funny, uh, but not forgotten. And on a more serious note, is this the end of one of the main cast that weren't in TOS? Who would be the miss? Who would you miss the most? Straight in there with Laan, I think. Uh, I'm a big fan of Laan's character. I think she's been given more things yeah. as well this season as well. So it would be a shame to give her that to then get rid of her. Uh, I will also put Ortegas's name in there. She's got so much more to give and I'd be so disappointed if that's that's it for her. Yeah. I, I think I need the Ortegas episode first to care. Yeah. yeah. Do, yeah. Do, not that I don't care about Ortegas. Like, I really do. But I, I, I need that episode because everyone else has had their backstory episode, you know. Um, yeah. I know about all these characters who are potentially up for the chop here. Um, but Ortega's like she flies a ship. Yeah, I think maybe that's, that's more it, of right? it. I, I I'm invested to find out more about her backstory, and so if they kill her off now, I'm going to be disappointed from a storyline point of view. Yeah, that I don't have more information. She's a war Death. hero. I think I would mourn the the um what's the word I'm looking for potential of the character more mm-hmm. so without yeah. that backstory episode. So uh, yeah. I think is yeah, she, I, I agree. Laan would be the one I would. Uh, is Ortega's the the Tasha Yar of Strange New Worlds? Well, no, she got season two. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I, I was yeah, going to say in my point about Laan, they make up season one. <laughs> in my point about Laan, I was going to say that you know she's what Tasha Yar should have been. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. From at p underscore h underscore steel. Hashtag Ask Trek Culture. Did Chappelle even check to see if anyone else was alive or did she just see Spock and peace out? 
uh, on the rest of the crew. I'm Chappelle? Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Is, is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did I say Chappelle? Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. Did Dave Chappelle peace out on the rest of the crew? <laughs> I, do you know? What? I'm just very glad that I'm not the only person that thought this because I li- literally watching it. My mum said it as well. She was like, "Did did yeah. they not think to check if anyone else was still alive before they did that?" No. Okay. As long as they're okay, it's all good. Needed yeah. something. Needed something for mm. sure. Yeah, just 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 a throwaway line. Um, I don't think they could have saved everyone. I think they should have addressed the fact. Yeah. It's another yeah. one of those TV traits, like when we, we discussed the other week, like when food is put in front of them and then, then don't eat it. Mm. It's kind of oh, like one of those yeah. logic things that you're like, mm. uh, The next one I was going to read out, I actually, we've, we've sort of already answered it numerous times, so I won't say so sorry, uh, Taurus Cole, but we've answered your question a bunch of times but thank you for asking anyway um (laughs) i'll ask this last one i was gonna save this for next week but we'll we'll end on this one uh from at the big guy 86 lucky bugger hashtag ask trek culture 10 episodes from season one and season two which season had the overall strongest episodes i thought it was an interesting question who yeah i'm gonna say i would say two i mean strong just in as much as even maybe on a positive how different they all are and that whiplash in a way in in this in this relevance to this question is a good thing mm. um you know they you may not enjoy the the whiplash of them but you can't deny that they make an impact and you're like wow what a difference a week can make yeah yeah but i i think i preferred if we're not if we're talking about finales i think i preferred the quality of mercy as a finale I, I did really enjoy okay. uh, the future Pike stuff, um, the Monster Maroon. You know, um, I think that was a stronger one um, for me, anyway. I, I, just because of the Pike's backstory, I think like we haven't really had a Pike episode this season, apart from among the Lotus Eaters, and I that's don't probably think the that, closest. Yeah, that's the closest. Yeah, um, yeah. There's been but, lots of wishy-washy stuff with Pike in this season as well. Yeah, hasn't been super strong. When me and Ellie went down to London, he did say, you know, this isn't Pike's show. This is mm. the end of, this is a show about the Enterprise. Yeah. I mean, you see that right right from the very first episode. I mean, he's uh-huh. barely in it. And I think there has been personal reasons why he hasn't done as much at the start, I think. Yeah, the, see, uh, he he was he was a new father. A new father. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations! Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Ten weeks later, congratulations, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Anson Mount, and and uh, of course Anson Mount's partner, who arguably probably did a lot more of the yeah, work. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, let's just hope that kid has the great hair gene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. Um, what else? I but actually, Chris, I'm going to agree with you. I think Equality of Mercy, and not just because we got the new Monster Maroon, but yeah. I do think it was a great what if episode. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy episodes like that, the kind of what if episodes, different yeah. exploration of stories rather than just following the the normal structure of what you're used to. Which mm. I feel like this this season finale kind of did. It kind of ticked all the boxes of what comes into a season mm. finale. Oh, I love all that stuff. Picard in a science uniform, that sort of thing. Yeah, mm. proper proper mind bending stuff. That blue blue. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, everyone. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for supporting me in Cargo Bay One Hundred and One. <laughs> um, all right. Let's gonna go. So from from right to left, Chris. What are the links? Where are we going? Where can we find you? Where can we find our work? At edit Chris Edit, or if you like to play a bit of Call of Duty, I'm the Boom King. <laughs> Excellent, cool. Ellie, follow that. Um, I don't play Call of Duty, so you won't find me there. Um, <laughs> uh, at E Little Child on Twitter and uh, just Ellie Child on Instagram, and uh, cheeky little shout out to Who Culture as well because you know we like to cross promote here. Excellent, cool. Tom, edit that out. Uh, so um, uh, I am at Sean Ferrick on Twitter, and of course, uh, follow at Trek Culture on Twitter. Follow at Trek Culture YT on Instagram, and uh, hopefully, you are already subscribed on YouTube. If you aren't, you're missing so much. Tom, me flower. Yeah, uh, at uh, either Tom C Finn or Tom Roberts Finn on Twitter and Instagram, things like that. That's basically it. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast, like and share and subscribe. And and Sean is walking away, and we can all see his little tiny boxes, which was nice. 
Nice of him to get dressed for us. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll finish the episode this week. Uh, thanks for watching. Where's he? Where's he gone? Oh, he's literally just left. Where's he gone? Guys, he's had enough of us. <laughs> Sean has abandoned the podcast. It will just be me next week, so uh, no one's going to listen. Oh. oh, he's back. He's back. Do you want to say bye? Bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.